Well, praise the Lord, and welcome to the Romans Bible Study, which is held here in my office every Monday morning and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. We're in Romans chapter 8 right now, and we'll blast off there in just a moment. just want to say how thankful I am for the great service uh, the Lord gave us yesterday here at Crossway Church, and just wonderful presence of God here during the praise and worship and the communion and then Andrew ministered just a dynamic word yesterday to uh, the body here at Crossway Church. You can listen to that message on the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, uh, or the website, thecrosswaychurch.com, and you will surely be encouraged if uh, it's the truth you're looking for. If you're looking for the way in which God does what he does, you will be uh, richly blessed from the service yesterday, and I'm thankful for that. On the YouTube channel, every Sunday, we we leave the entire service there, but we also add just the preaching there for, because so many people want to hear the praise and worship uh, of, of the ministry here, and I'm thankful for that, and that, that you allow the Lord to bless you, encourage you, and strengthen you through the ministry here. And uh, today, uh, we're in chapter 8 of Romans, as I said, and we're going to uh, talk about those he foreknew and predestinated and conformed, and, and we're going to talk about that this morning and see some, some great things here in the Scripture. Uh, we're going to see uh, that these speci this specific group of people, and God does offer salvation to all of humanity. And those who receive through faith and the blood shedding of his son Jesus at Calvary are those he begins to show the way of God. The, the, the even greater those, uh, his very word becomes a lamp to their feet and a light to their path. The word of God says that the secret of the Lord is, is with those who fear him and he shows them his covenant. And so that we know that word fear, those who fear the Lord, not, not those who do this and that, those who have a reverential uh, respect and awe of God, who want to learn of God, who want to know the truth of God. And they, it's really the fear of the Lord, and this is what it's come down to in my understanding. The fear of the Lord is the proper value of, that men, the proper value, biblical value that men place on God. It has to be that because those that fear him, he shows his covenant. And, 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 and the Bible says in Proverbs that, uh, that the fear of the Lord is a strong confidence, a refuge, and, and it's our deliverance from death. And that all speaks of what Jesus did at Calvary for us. So the fear of the Lord is tied to our, our proper uh, not just some uh, uh, value of God that's wrong, but our pro the proper value of God, which comes through. We know he's God. We know we're not God. We know because he's God, and he created all he did, that we need to know him. And when God finds a heart that like that, he's going to begin to, 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 to try to reveal the truth to them. And it's that group of people that, God, that we're going to talk about this morning, that God's Word speaks of this morning. So uh, we see this in Romans chapter 8, verse 
And let's just back up like we always do, one verse in verse 28, because never forget the context of what you're reading. You cannot just wake up again today and read one Bible verse. You have to know how that is tied to where you just read, and then you have to know where this is all taking you. The Spirit of Truth is attempting to guide you into all truth, which is what the Word of God is. But he, and, and this whole context of Scripture is about uh, the world. Well, first it starts out earlier in the chapter of telling us how the Spirit of God works. And he don't work within two ways. He works within one legal avenue, and that is through our faith in the legal work of Christ at Calvary. And if that's where our faith is, then we are being led by the Spirit of God into all truth. But if that's not what our faith is in, then we're not walking in the truth, and that means we cannot be led in the truth. If our faith is not in the one who is the truth and what he did to become our provisional daily truth, then the word of God's not going to do us any, any good. The spirit of truth comes to guide us into all truth, and truth is Jesus, and truth is the word of God. So the truth always has to point to Jesus through the word of God and his work at Calvary, because that's what makes that's what allows the Word of God to become a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. For it is the Lamb that is the light, Revelation 21 and 23. So, and then we move into uh, the context of chapter 8 being that until we get the redemption of our new bodies coming, everything, even the earth, all of creation, even us, we're groaning and, and travailing in pain, and we have the Holy Spirit, though, as the children of God only. We have the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, who is interceding in us, for us, with words that cannot be uttered, and, and trying to get us through allowing Him to guide us in the truth to be in the will of God. See, that's, that's the purpose of the Spirit, is to get us and keep us in the will of God, which is to live according to the Word of God as it is in truth. So we get to that, and then verse 29, and it's all about God's will and God's purpose. Not my will and my purpose, but God's will and God's purpose, because we're God's creation. Amen? And so he didn't create us and put us here to just carry out our own plans. He put us here to carry out his plan, to magnify him, to reflect him. So watch this in verse 29. For whom he did foreknow those, and he's, listen, he's talking about a certain specific group of people here, those who are the called according to his purpose, those who all things are working together for the good, for them that love him, Jesus said, those are the ones who are living according to his commandments. So never forget that. This doesn't just entail everybody. This is speaking of Christians, those who've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Jesus, uh, the, the Lord foreknew before, before God ever created an earth and formed us of the dust of this earth and set us in motion, the plan of God for humanity, he, he, before all of this, he already knew. 
because he knows everything. He's all-knowing. We talked a little bit about it last week. There's nothing right now in this moment that God doesn't know, hasn't always known, and will always know. He knows everything. He's not trying to figure anything out. He's not figuring it out as he goes. A trillion, trillions of light years from now, God is already there. The provision is already there. He already knows every single detail of everything there. He knows everything. He is all-knowing. God doesn't have a new thought today. If he does, that means yesterday there was something he didn't know. But before he set this part of his eternal plan in motion, dealing with men created in his image, he already knew, watch, those he already knew. And he's talking about those he knows in relationship with. You remember the Bible teaches at the great white, uh, the, 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 the great white throne of judgment. There, that's a judgment for all lost people whether they never received Christ or they did and later threw him away and didn't want anything else to do with him, which biblically takes place as well, but it's a place everyone is going to be judged, still trying to state their own case there. Didn't I prophesy in your name? Didn't we do many wonderful works in your name? And there's still a people about all they did and not what he was allowed to do in and through them. And he looks at them, the most horrible words that will ever be spoken to humanity is, Depart from me, I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. They lived generation after generation after generation, possibly some of them families, hundreds and hundreds of years thinking that they served God and never knew him, and he never knew them. And they're all cast into the lake of fire. Now think about that. This is not talking about them. This is talking about those he foreknew. These are the ones that are called according to his purpose. Those that are being, and we'll see, it gets detailed right here about the experience of those he foreknew. See, to know God is eternal life. John 17, 3 tells us that this is eternal life, that they know the one true God and his son Jesus Christ whom he sent. Eternal life is knowing God and God knowing you. Hallelujah. It's talking about, it's, it's talking about communion. It's talking about relationship here. The Bible says Adam knew his wife Eve and what happened? She conceived. She was pregnant because he knew her. Do you see the way God uses the word know? When you know God, things happen. If we're not, that's why Peter wrote, we're to grow in the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because when we continue to learn of God, we continue to grow. We continue to reflect him. So let's read on. Before he set all of this in motion, he already knew everything, and specifically, he knew, he foreknew. He had beforehand knowledge because he knows everything, but he's related to, in communion with, knows these people in relationship, those he also did predestinate. That means he predetermined. You look it up, that's what it means. Those that he foreknew... These who are called according to his purpose, who, who've accepted his son Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord, 
not in word only to get through the motions to try to keep from going to hell, but those who believed with the heart unto righteousness, that work of Christ at Calvary, the shedding of his blood so we could be forgiven of our sin and become the children of God to serve God. Let me say that again. To serve God. Think about that. If you don't want to serve God, you may want to back up and check what you're calling your salvation. Salvation is when I accept what God has offered for the forgiveness of the sins I see I am guilty of before God. Not just I did them wrong, I am a sinner in the eyes of God. And I will be cast away from Him unless I repent, turn from my sins through faith in Christ and what He did for me at Calvary because He loves me and follow Him. Not just say some little prayer and think, okay, I'm good now. I can just keep on. No. When we believe with the heart, it's unto righteousness. Something we become. Something God makes us, declares that we are, and calls us now servants of righteousness that we might serve him in righteousness. Romans chapter 6. He saved us so we can serve him. Because in serving him comes all the benefits of knowing him. Hallelujah. So, those he did foreknow, he also did predetermine. You see, God was determined before the apostle Paul became determined to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. God was determined that only those he foreknew through this faith in his son Jesus Christ he would predetermine them that they would be conformed, next word, into his image. This is God's plan unfolding. God already knew it all. He knew who would reject him. He knew that who would receive him. He knew who would love him and, and who would, uh, as he said, uh, the ones who would be the called according to his purpose, the ones who would say, I'm sorry I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. Lord, I want to serve you. I want, I want your will and your purpose for my life. He foreknew them and he, pre he God, predetermined that because they chose to believe in him, that he predetermined to conform them. See, that it's the gift, it's an honor, a privilege to be being conformed into the image of his son. Not the image of this world. We're not becoming more like the world and we're, we're losing our not. Man, back in the 80s, as a backslidden, fallen away Christian, I knew more about rock and roll than I knew what was in the Bible. Do you know how sinful and shameful that is? For a Christian to know more about what's going on in the world than they know about the Word of God. Because there we find the purpose of God, the revelation of God, the purpose for our lives. You're not going to find that in, in the world anywhere. It's only found in the Word of God through faith in His Son, Jesus but he, he predetermined that we would be conformed into the image of his son. And that means fashioned in the likeness of. And, and Philippians chapter 3 verse 10 really gets specific and says that you and I as the children of God are being made conformable to the image of his death. We live today the crucified life. 
we are crucified. I didn't say was, although we were. Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And now, I even in this flesh body, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Never forget that. Never, ever forget that. We are being conformed into the image of, of Jesus by being made conformable unto his death. Amen. Jesus taught the same thing. We are to deny ourselves, take up our cross daily to be able to follow him. If we're not willing to keep our faith in the cross, we can't follow him. He says we can't be his disciple. Disciple means learner. That means there's no learning outside of faith in the sacrifice of Christ. Now, I want you to know it is that narrow. Jesus said it'd be so narrow for you to be, few, there'd be few that find it. And then and Peter wrote that the righteous are scarcely saved. The, even the righteous scarcely make it in because it's simply by the blood of Jesus that anybody gets in the kingdom of God that this, these scriptures are referring to. For those he did foreknow, he did predestinate, predetermined. God's already determined that they will be conformed to the image of his son so that his son, Jesus, might be the firstborn among many brethren. Jesus is the firstborn from the dead. Now, I know the Jehovah's Witness and uh, maybe some other cults that are not of God teach that God created a perfect spirit son. Listen, Jesus is not created. He's creator. He's God the son sent. God became flesh, John chapter 1. Come on now. The word of God is God and the word became flesh. That's simple. I said that's simple. God became a man, God the Son. There's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And when you believe that God created something to come and save you, you're not saved. Because nothing God created can save us. Only God himself could save us. We threw away our... our perfection and reflection that we had of the Lord. All have fallen short. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means the reflection of God that we had. Think about that. God didn't create anything to save us. He came himself. God gave himself. Think about that. Remember when Abraham was on the mountain? He had a, a Isaac there about to slay him, and, and the Lord showed up and spoke to him and said, Stay your hand. No. The, and he looked over and he saw a ram in the thicket, and, 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 and there the word of the Lord, the Lord shall provide, here it comes, the Lord shall provide himself a sacrifice. The Lord shall provide himself. Never forget that. God didn't create anything to save his creation, he came to save his creation himself as God the Son, Jesus Christ. Never forget that. There's so much false out there being taught. And unless they are trusting what God did in God's Son, 
Not, not some spirit perfect son he created, but God the Son, who is the second person of the Godhead. God the Son, his only begotten Son, not one of God's created sons. He is the only begotten of God. That's very important that you hear this, that you know this, because if you don't, you'll fall under the headings of one of these cults. They talk about sin. They talk about uh, God having to send somebody to take care of our sin problem, but you better be careful. You better be careful who you're listening to about who they say God sent. And you better be careful about what men are saying today about what that one God sent had to do. Because if you get Jesus wrong, you get it all wrong. And it doesn't matter how many other things you have right, it doesn't matter. If you get Jesus wrong, you're all wrong. It's kind of like if you ever break one law, you're guilty of breaking all the law. It's the same thing this direction. If you get Jesus wrong, you're all wrong. Doesn't matter what scripture you use, even in the right context, that are correct. But if you get Jesus wrong, my friend, you are all wrong. So those he did foreknow, he also did predetermine, predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Amen. Firstborn from the dead. Remember, Jesus was raised from the dead on the third day. Watch this now. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, invited. And whom he called, them he justified. Now think about this. We're only justified in God's eyes by the blood of Jesus. So that lets us know where he called us from. Where he called us from was the blood. He calls us. Today, he speaks to us through the blood of the covenant. Think about that. I want you to think about that for a minute. God calls us only through the blood of Jesus, exclusively, into his saving plan. Because only there, if we come to where we've been called and trust in what he did there, to be able to call us, he justifies us. If we come by faith in the blood of Jesus, he justifies us. And whom he justifies, he also glorifies. See, you can always study the Bible this way. There will be no glorification, which is really a restoration even to a greater level of what we had as perfection in the garden and returning that reflection back that we lost. Remember, the Bible says in Hebrews 1 and 3 that Jesus is the brightness of God's glory and the express image of his person. What we lost, Jesus, through the laying down of his life as God the Son, hallelujah, man being led by the Holy Spirit, but yet who was God the Son, because we couldn't save ourselves, we were dead. And what can a dead man do to save himself? Nothing. And all men died and were dead in iniquities, sins and iniquities, their trespasses, all of us, we couldn't save ourselves because a dead man can't save himself. Only God himself could come. I want you to never forget that and be on guard because they will talk about love and mercy and grace and then they will preach what the Apostle Paul called another Jesus. 
And you don't want to be mistaken, my friend, and it's, it's a little broadcast like this that will equip you to be able to contend for the faith like we should be contending for the faith. Everybody okay this morning? I hope so. But we need to remember, He will glorify. That's coming. Oh, that's coming. He's going to glorify every person that He's justified. Who did God justify? Those that came to the calling. Those who heard the call of God and came. And the only way that you can come to God is through faith in Jesus. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. And he's talking about through faith in what he would do at Calvary. Not just come to some Jesus we make up. The calling is from Calvary. The calling is from the cross. Never forget that. The call of God is from the cross. It is the blood that speaks today. Without the, And this is why we teach and we preach the way we do the narrowness of the gospel. Because if we do not tie the message of the cross to what we're preaching, yes, it is the word of God, but he only speaks through the blood onto the pages of what he's written that, that it, they may become the lamp to our feet and the light to our path. But unless our faith is in the cross of Christ, his work there, we're not going to be on the right path. We're going to be off and on and off and on, and, and, and things aren't going to work out for us. And even if we are saved, we're going to be miserably saved and in danger of throwing what we have away. It happened in the New Testament. We read about it. Don't ever believe the false teaching of once saved, always saved, that you uh, this eternal, unconditional, eternal security. That doesn't exist. It is conditional on your faith. Faith in what Jesus did at Calvary got you in. Faith in what Jesus did at Calvary keeps you in and gives you the experience of what God has determined for you to experience while you are in till you make it to the finish line. But there is no such thing as being glorified unless you've been justified by God. He is the one who's doing all these things through your faith. And there's also the false teaching of God just predestinated and he chose them to go to heaven and he chose them to go to hell. <clears throat> God didn't choose anything without giving us that first free choice. The Bible says in Ephesians 1 and 4, we showed it to you last week, that God chose us in Christ. He chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. See, this foreknowledge. See, God's foreknowledge is not just Him thinking about things. God's foreknowledge is Him seeing everything that will ever take place. He saw you trusting in the Son He would send on your behalf to take your place, to die in your place on the cross. He died in our place. He saw in His foreknowledge those who would choose Christ. That's the in Him place. It only speaks of in His death at Calvary. That's the entrance into Christ. It's through faith in His death. And that's where we have to walk daily, Colossians 2, 6, never, oh, never forget this paramount scripture. If you're not walking with God with your faith in the cross today, you're not walking with God. 
because we can only walk with him walk if our walk is in him and our walk is only in him if our faith is in what placed us in him Colossians 2 6 tells us that as we have received the Lord Jesus Christ like so walk ye in him oh that's a paramount truth that if you don't know you'll suffer much and you need to know it you need to cling to it it's the Bible praise God the only people who will ever be glorified are those he's justified. And let me make a comment, and you can check it out in Romans chapter 5 for yourself. Romans chapter 5 teaches us that God doesn't justify anybody until he's made them righteous, declared them righteous. And he only does that through our hearts. With our hearts, we believe unto the righteous work Christ did on the cross on our behalf for our sins. He took our sins by our faith and gave us his righteousness through our faith. And now we can serve God every day through that same faith. This is good. A lot more to say. Such a powerful portion of scripture here. God didn't choose you to go to hell. He created you to be His. He created you in His own image. He created you to be His. It's not God's will that any should perish. Don't listen to that false uh, predestination stuff. God saw every person who He created as a free moral agent in His image who has the power to choose what we will believe. That's why there's no such thing as they can live for God and they can't. Everybody can live for God, serve God, if they will come to him through faith in his son Jesus Christ and not move it from there, what he provided for us at Calvary. There God chose you in him. And he has predetermined that we would be called and, and, and those who were called would be called through what justifies to the place where he justifies which is the cross. And there, those he justified, he will also glorify. Why are we being told this in Romans 8? Because everything's groaning and moaning and travail and pain and, and we're waiting for this glorification. Hallelujah. We're waiting for it. The Apostle Paul said to live is, is Christ, but to die is gain because we've got better things coming. Don't lose hope, my friend. Keep your faith in Christ and what he provided at Calvary and the word of God will become alive. Your hope will become alive. You'll be back in your first love and that love rejoices in the truth. Hallelujah. And the brighter days are ahead for you. God bless you. We love you. And I just uh, want to let you know that we're praying for you, that you would step into this great reforming truth of Jesus Christ and him crucified and become determined to know absolutely nothing else. Until then, pray for us. We're praying for you. And we'll see you uh, Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. right here again for our next broadcast. God bless you. We love you. See you later.